Mom to Mom podcast. We're three generations of moms who've experienced nearly every season of motherhood. Of course, we don't have all the answers, but you can be sure that we'll always point you to the one who does. We're pouring a cup of coffee and we're chatting motherhood today. Pull up a chair. We're really glad you're here. We are wrapping up our Working Mom Trilogy with a very special guest and friend, Stacey Thacker. As a podcast team, we have learned so much from our interviews, discussions, and guests as we discuss the working mom. Today, we want to focus on a category of working moms that tends to get overlooked or perhaps not even considered when she is seen in the workforce or doing both working from home, working outside the home, and raising a family. This is the woman who is working when that wasn't necessarily the plan or the vision her family had made a choice for when considering who would work and why. Sometimes life takes us in a direction we had not planned or prepared for. And so today we are thankful that Stacey Thacker is here with Kate and I to share her story and to help begin this conversation and topic that is just another area of the working mom in today's culture. Jamie will be joining us again on our next episode as we talk about the teen years. So be sure to listen into this really big topic that we will all face in one season or another. Stacy is a personal friend and a cheerleader to all women. She is a wife to Mike and the mother to four daughters growing up so quickly and beautifully, I'd say. She has written seven books and we welcome you today, Stacy. So I'm going to just have you share a little bit about yourself as we welcome you. Well, thank you so much. I'm just so excited to be with some of my favorite people, Kate and September. And I just, you know, got to meet Jamie quickly. So that was just so grateful to be here. I love what you guys are doing. Um, There's no better group to encourage than moms. And so I love the wisdom that you guys bring to this show and just your heart. Um, I personally know you have a passion to lift up and encourage moms in all stages and stages of life. And so um, I love that that's overflowing into this podcast. So thank you for doing what you're doing. Um, I can tell you're having fun too. So that, that is also important to have that. Um, but yeah, just a little bit about myself. Um, I am, have Mike and I've been married. This year is 26 years. Like, how does that happen? Like, you turn around, you're like, oh my gosh, that's like a generation or something. Like, weren't we just like newlyweds, you know? So it's 26 years this year. We have four girls. Um, there are 10 years between our bookends. So our oldest is 20, next is 17. So talk about teenage years. We also have a 13-year-old. So we have, I guess, technically two teenagers. Um, and then our, our youngest just turned 10. So, um, and they're all girls. Yes, we have an all girl family, um, which is fine. We were not trying for a boy as a lot of people ask. It was, we just love having our girls. We're so grateful for them. Um, through that, through having girls, I started writing when my, when I was pregnant with my youngest and I started blogging, um, and had a little blog called 29 Lincoln Avenue for years. And from that, I started a blog called Mothers of Daughters, or originally it was Mod Squad. Um, and that is where I met September and Kate was through Mothers of Daughters. And they were, they joined the writing team and we wrote consistently for a long time. We've kind of 
shifted gears with that because I think we all have so much going on that the blog is still there, but we're not like originating content. We do some emails here and there. And sometimes if somebody has something they want to say, we'll throw it up there. But um, that's how I met you guys was because we're all mothers of daughters and um, I just love gleaning your wisdom through the years. So I just went from writing on a blog to God just opened the door to start writing books. Um, the first book that I wrote, I ended up co-writing, co-writing, co-writing with our good friend, Brooke McLaughlin. It's called Hope for the Weary mom and then we wrote a devotional to go with it and then from there wrote a few books on my own and just from that God has opened up doors for speaking and teaching um, my passion is teaching the word to women and so he's he's graciously given me those opportunities as well and so anytime I get to talk about those things with people that I love and encourage women I'm always I'm always willing to do it so I guess that's probably enough to start with yeah, that's perfect. And I love that you say that your passion is um, teaching women about the word of God. And I think that kind of tying in with our topic today about working outside the home when it wasn't our, you know, in our plan or our vision, I think that God is still allowing you to pursue your passions. Like that's something we kind of forget when we think of the working mom, you know, that she can't do the things she wants to do or and, and here you are, you get to do that still. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's definitely given me work to do that kind of fits in that zone. I think God is very, he's one of the things that I, I really want to communicate is, though it's a hard story to share, God has been so kind. He has been so kind to my family. And um, that might surprise some of you to hear me say that, but I can definitely look at the fact that he has allowed me to continue to do things that I love to do. Um, you know, that are kind of in line with my wheelhouse. And there's definitely been things that I've done that are completely not in my wheelhouse that he's, he's handed to me to do. And I've been willing to do anything, um, which we can talk about some of those things too. But um, I think, but he's been very kind to allow me to still be able to do the things that brings me life and um, that I love to do. He's been very kind. He is so good to us. Well, you know, your situation is unique and I think it's also common mm. because there's a lot of women who don't have a choice, but to work. Um, but your situation has a backstory. And I wondered if you would feel comfortable sharing some of the highlights or just some of the parts of the story that lead to this podcast today. Yeah. Well, you know, and we are, you know, a typical family. We, you know, when Mike and I got married, I was working full time. Um, I think when, when I got pregnant with Emma, I was working outside of the home. Emma's my oldest. And so um, I went on maternity leave and we just really wanted me to be home with our family. That was kind of the vision we had. Um, I had started feeling really early on that possibly that we might be a homeschooling family as well. And so I just felt like me being home made the most sense. And we knew that that would probably limit us in kind of the things that we were able to do and the vision for our family financially, but we really felt committed if, if God was, would allow me to be home. Right after Emma was born, I ended up having to go back to work. And I remember in the very early days, um, being really sad about that, but we just, you know, we just kind of flexed and we made it work. Like he would come home from work and I would hand him the baby and I would go to this, I was working in a retail position and I went to rent to work and it, we just made it work. You know, I think sometimes when you're put in those situations where you have to do something, you just kind of pull together, you make it work, you make the best of it. So we had kind of already had that in our background. But many years later, um, um, we, that we had been living in Indiana at the time, we moved to Florida from a husband's job, and um, we had our second daughter. And at that point, it didn't make as much sense for me to work outside the home, which you start getting into childcare and all those things. And we didn't have family in Central Florida, so we didn't have like you know 
babysitting options, especially in those first couple of years. So he was doing the working and so we were home. And then as the girls started school, we, we committed and felt that call to homeschooling. And so I had been home, oh golly, I guess I've been home, I don't know, I guess that's probably 17, 18 years. I mean, I haven't been in the, I haven't been in the workforce, like the typical workforce for about 20 years. That's a long time. <laughs> everything changes, by the way. Everything yeah. changes. Interviews change and everything. And so um, what just ended up happening in our family is that three years ago, um, my husband had um, suffered a cardiac arrest, a sudden cardiac arrest, and was in the hospital in that first year. I was thinking about this today. In that first year, he was in the hospital for a month. Um, he was on disability, short-term disability for about 12 weeks went back to work. But even in that first year from his cardiac arrest, um, we had a diminished income. We didn't have the income that we had been accustomed to having as a family at that time of four. Um, and we also, um, as part of our family stories, one of our girls has a chronic illness that requires insurance and medical care and attention. So we had, he had went back to work rather quickly from his um, cardiac arrest because we really felt that, that responsibility to get back to the benefits that we really felt like our family needed. And so um, from there, we um, went back to work probably too soon for him, um, ended up pulling out of that situation and um, running his own company. Um, the company went great. We had made preparations to provide for our family for months and months and months. But as new businesses often go, it shifted, the market changed, um, clients didn't pay their bills. And so we found ourselves about a year ago in just a really crisis situation financially, which pulled me into using some of my skills and resources that I'd been cultivating through the years, through writing and blogging and all those things. God began to pull me um, into the workforce while he went back and, and looked for employment and looked for jobs and tried to run the company. Um, God has just increasingly pulled me into a place where I've had to make that decision. Well, really not a decision because, you know, again, you have to flex, you have to make do with your family, you have to do whatever is needed. And um, God had given me those resources in a really in an online capacity for the most part to help provide for our family. And of course I was willing and able to do it. And so um, that's really kind of how we got to where we are and kind of the things that I've been doing um, in the past, probably a little over the past year. Yeah. Well, you know, Kate and I and Jamie, we've followed your um, story and your testimony and watching you um, walk this out. And we know it hasn't been easy. I mean, that's the truth of it. It's not easy. Um, we've watched you kind of transition back into a work mode plus to do the things that you're doing. And, um, you know, it's been an honor to pray for you and to, it's been an encouragement to us to see that God gives us the strength and the things that we are called to when we're called to them. So for the woman who's listening today, that has basically been put in a position or feels like her path has changed and now she's working and maybe she it wasn't their first choice, you know, just to find some hope in this situation. I think just in your story, Stacey, that um, we can walk in the hope and the grace that God gives us in the seasons when we need it. Mm -hmm. um, so, and I'm just curious how this transition was for your family um, with your kids, because I'm sure you've also had to do some work outside the home and then you're, you're probably still homeschooling. I mean, can you walk <laughs> us through what that looks like? Yeah, well, you know what's funny is at different times when I've had work to do, we I've been real um, intentional with my girls and I've said, okay, you know, if I was writing a book, you know, mommy is, she's writing and so I'm going to be less available and I, 
probably going to leave a lot to go write because who can write with four girls in the house? So I, you know, my story is I usually write at Panera. If you see me online, I'm at Panera writing, you know, but I, I would tell them, I would say, Hey, mommy's just, this is what we're all going to pull together. And I might need you to do more chores or I might need you to be just to be okay to be playing with your sister or whatever. Um, but this time, I think because we came out of crisis into this, I feel like, honestly, I haven't been as intentional, more so with my younger girls, to really just kind of explain to them, you know, I'm not, I'm not on my phone because I'm scrolling social media, you know, which we all do to, as an escape. I'm actually working, you know, right. <laughs> mommy's job. I'm doing this as a job. And so probably one of the things I could have done better was just be more intentional with my girls and um, just, but I think it's because, and I'm sure some of your listeners understand this coming out of crisis, we've just been in survival mode. Mm -hmm. We've just been kind of saying, what is the next thing we have to do? Mm -hmm. And one of the things you said, it made me remember something that my pastor said to me, and it was in our early days after Mike had his cardiac arrest. And I remember it specifically thinking about my girls, like, how am I going to tell my girls? Like, what am I going to say to them about their dad and, and what's ahead of us? And my pastor told me, he said, Stacy, he said, I honestly believe that there's something that God gives us in the moment called crisis grace. Mm -hmm. And um, he said, here's the thing. We don't have it until we need it. And when you need it, what you need will be there. And I remember when he told me that, I just, this peace just washed over me. Yeah. And I knew that I was going to be able to say to them and lead them through whatever it was we were going to face. And in those early days, it, it really looked like life without dad, right? And mm -hmm. so I had yeah. to find that grace, but it was only in that moment that I needed it. Like it was enough in that moment. And I remember when I was facing them for some of those very hard conversations and really even since then, that when I have needed it in that moment, God has provided. And so I just want to encourage any mama who's out there that's looking, I mean, maybe she's starting tomorrow. She's got a brand new job. She's got to leave for several hours. She's leaving her kids with a relative or a babysitter for the first time, whatever is that what you need, God will provide it in that moment as you need it. And I honestly can't explain it. And that term crisis grace was probably one of the best things I heard in those days because it was such a promise. And I can tell you a hundred percent, it's been true in every situation that God has provided in those moments. I love that, Stacey. That's a book title right there. I mean, that could <laughs> yeah, be your next I book. I think I have to get permission because it was, <laughs> it was really from my pastor and he probably doesn't even remember saying it, but if I ever do, yeah. but I think it's, I think as, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but I think for me as a woman, sometimes I feel like I, I just want to know what to expect. I know what I'm, you know, I, I look in that future, that future me, and I imagine me by myself trying to hold up the world with my hands, you know, and I, what he told me and what that gave me in that moment was God is going to be there and he is going to supply you with what you need. You don't have to manufacture it. It comes from him. Yeah. And when you look at the future, you look at the things that might happen, you often think, oh, that's just me by myself dealing with that thing. Mm -hmm. um, but that's not the way it is with the Lord. And so as I've walked through this past year and as God has pulled me into different work scenarios, um, he's just been so kind and gracious to give us as a family what we've needed when we've needed it. Um, mm -hmm. that I just, I just feel like somebody probably, somebody else probably needed to hear that today. So. Yeah. And I just love your attitude, Stacy, about this whole thing. I mean, your, your family's been through a difficult time. It's been hard. I know it's been hard for you yet. You're your joy, your willingness to step in, to step up and do, hey, this is what our family needs. I'm going to do what it takes, which is 
what women typically do. You know, it's, it's what we have to do. Sometimes you just don't get the option to go, no, I don't really want to do that. That doesn't fit in my <laughs> life right now. That's not my thing. It's like, well, too bad. You know, you had to do it. And just the fact that you're doing it with grace, you know, in, you've experienced crisis grace, but you're doing it with grace. I just love that. I mean, I think that's, that's an example to me. And I think to a lot of the listeners that it doesn't have to be this, oh, this awful thing happened in our family and it's so hard and self-pity, you know, not that those aren't things you've probably felt or maybe even thought, I don't know, but what you're showing, what you're exhibiting to the world and to the other women around you in your life, the other men, the other families is really just very admirable. So I just want to share that. Oh, well, thank you. You know, I'll tell you two things. A lot of prayer. Um, you guys are some of that, that prayer support. Um, so many people have prayed for us. Um, I feel like that's why I've been able to have any sort of testimony <laughs> throughout this mm -hmm. is, is just that the Lord has been very kind and he, and people have prayed for us. Mm -hmm. Um, I think also, um, <laughs> about a month actually before Mike had his cardiac arrest, um, I really feel like the Lord, um, just gently spoke to me and just told me that he was preparing me for something. And I go back to that moment and I, I know that what he was preparing me was this journey. And I think, you know, a lot of times we look at our, our times with the Lord and we think, oh, well, I, maybe I'll be in the word or maybe I won't. Well, I had done some serious time in the word. Actually, Hebrews is where I'd been before all this kind of triggered. Um, and I'm so grateful for that time that God used to like dig those deep furrows of, of, of truth and grace in my heart because the race that we've been on since then has been yeah. exhausting and hard. And I've been clinging to those truths that God put in my heart in those early days that he prepared me. Um, so it through his word and his, and through the prayers of people, you know, if you see anything like that in me, it's, it's only Jesus <laughs> and the prayers of his people, because I assure you, I assure you, I have so many moments. Um, a good friend of mine, um, named Crystal Hurst said uh, to me one time, she said, the only one that really knows is Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, he's the only one. And so I promise you, I'm grateful that you see joy, but there's been a lot of bathroom floor moments oh, I bet. Here where I have sat on the floor and cried more tears than I have thought I had. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm, but I'm here to tell you that the Lord has been just very gracious and kind to our family. So on that out, appreciate that friend. Yeah. So I think some of the women listening, um, well, I know that they're gaining hope and encouragement through this podcast already. I think it would be really good for us to talk about the real life daily struggles, whether it's, you know, transportation or being present or family time or exhaustion, um, that comes along with doing this because, you know, a lot of women work, this is, that's today's culture. So it's the norm. It's yeah, we've been talking about and all of our, this working mom trilogy. Um, but I think a lot of times when you're working, you've, um, established a schedule, you've been doing it for quite a few years. You, you, you're in a rhythm, but this type of situation is kind of like stepping into this new role or after already having this formed rhythm. And mm -hmm. it's, to me, I'm imagining you've had to relearn and you've had some struggles in trying to readjust your life to make this work. Yeah, I think, um, probably letting go of some things, <laughs> yeah. realizing I can't do it all. Um, you know, one of the things as, as I've been pulled more into work um, and we've had diminished income is mm -hmm. 
One of the things that was a struggle or a change for us is I did not realize how much we ate out <laughs> until we weren't eating out anymore. And so I, um, that's just one of the things that really got cut out very quickly. And so one of the struggles was just, I mean, literally thinking, how am I going to cook seven meals on not just meals, also homeschooling family. So my family is right. here, you know, they're yeah. here. So there's like not school lunch or, you know, it's typically we're here. And so it's, it's trying to keep things as simple as possible, kind of letting go of some of the expectations of, of what all the meals need to be and what, how they need to go, but just being creative. I mean, that's a struggle. What am I going to feed these people tonight? You know, like, and just the exhaustion from it. I'm giving myself some little, you know, treats here and there of saying, you know, we can do, you can, you can do a takeout chicken, but I'll make the sides, you know, just send it some things like that. And so right, right. a real struggle is figuring that out when I have been outside the home. Um, I tell you what I really struggle with is like delegation mm. and control and, 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 and actually saying, uh, y'all just by way of confession, we are horrible at chores in my house. I go through seasons where we have been good at it, but not lately. And so I just have trouble delegating. Hey, I need someone to do this. And, and right. will you please do this? Like really that's been a struggle. Mm -hmm. Um, I always want people to magically know, <laughs> Hey, the dishes need done yeah. dishes falling out of the sink. They need to be done, you know? And so just kind of delegating, that's been something I've had to think a lot about and probably not done as well as I should. Um, and I think just trying to, I think, I think you touched on it, September, be present wherever you are. If I'm in a, let's say I'm in a, a situation where I'm doing some consulting or I'm coaching a, another writer is just trying to be dialed into what I'm doing and let the other, let my husband or let the girls kind of know that they're okay, that they're not in, you know, like just kind of be present where I am and be okay with that and not be pining for what isn't happening where I wish I could be. Um, yeah, so right. that, those are probably some of the struggles. You know, I have a friend who just recently went back to work full time and and she is a word girl. Like she loves the word. And she just said, she said, I had no idea how tired working mamas are. And that is one of the things that I think is, is true for women who, I mean, all, all moms work, obviously. Right. But I think also when you add on the responsibility of working outside the home to help support your family, it's a whole nother level. And they're making choices like, am I going to sleep or am I going to get up and have a quiet time? Yeah. And sometimes sleep is wise, you know, so right, it's right. hard. And so she said that to me, she's like, I had no idea, yeah. you know? And so I think those of us that have been home or are home, just when we, if we can have the opportunity just to reach out gently to work in mama and just say, I see you, I see mm -hmm. yeah. that you are doing, and you are doing a great job. You're doing the best you can. Right. And some days that's all you have to do. Like you don't have to do more than that. You know, give her some grace and love. And mm -hmm. um, I think that that, that's one thing I've I've learned along the way too. That's good. And Kate, you, you were in a situation where you also went back into the workforce and I'm sure do you, did you experience some of these same things? Somewhat, but again, I only had one child, so it was a little bit different, but yeah, it was a season. It was about four years long of just kind of a financial sinkhole that we couldn't get out of yet. What was so interesting was every month when we go to pay the bills, somehow there was money. And I, I honestly, Mike and I still to this day, look back and go, it had to be the Lord because I don't know where it would come from. I mean, certain things, you know, you'd sell or, and I was, I was working, it wasn't a full-time job, but it was felt full-time. It was, you know, <laughs> pounding it at the, at the mall and selling yeah. perfume and doing something I had no desire to do, but a good friend was in that world and it paid really well. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it was like, well, I'll, I'll, I'll do what I have to do. Mike was doing all he could do, but 
it, it is hard. And Franny was, I guess she was like a teenager during those years. So she was able to help a little more. She loves to cook so she could help with meals. Mike, you know, I, I am blessed to have a husband that likes to cook and is good at it. So, <laughs> you know, between the three of us, we made it work, but I, I'll never forget. We'd be going to the store, doing some shopping at Target or wherever. And, mm -hmm. and, and we would always pray. And I, I'd say, I have to ask the Holy Spirit what I could spend money on. So she'd just kind of innocently ask, does the Holy Spirit say we can buy something today? I'm like, no, <laughs> sweetie, not today. Great. You got to put that back, you know, but she learned early on yeah. that, that it's not just, Hey, I want this mom's going to get it for me. Sometimes yeah. it's a matter of God, what are you saying? But, but I think that actually was a really good lesson for her. I mean, good for all of us mm -hmm. to just be spirit led during those times when things are a little bit tighter and you can't have everything you want. Like you're saying, you can't go out to eat all the time. We yeah. like to do that too. And it's, you know, that's a big, that's a money hole. So, you know, to just to, but to have your girls at home to be able to teach and train them some of those skills that they're going to need when they're a mom and a wife and just living life, you got to learn how to cook. So yeah. mm -hmm. it, there, there's always a good side to it, but yeah, it's interesting when suddenly you're thrust into having to go back to work. You're like, what? This is not what I planned on this. Yeah. I didn't ask for this Lord, but you know, he has interesting ways of training us. I think one of the things too is I think it messes with our our preconceived identity. Like we like we are this, and then yeah. we get in that position, and God says, "Well, I'm going to stretch you." It's not that you're mm -hmm. not that, but I want I want you to do this as well. And I think for me, that's one of the things that I've had to trust Him with. Yeah. And I feel like too, and this is probably probably just on me, but just letting go of what I think other people think. Um, there is, mm. especially when you're in a hard pressed season or going through, like you said, a season of hard financial struggles is you, there's this, um, there's this shame that I feel like that the enemy labels you with. And it's real easy to hear that play in your head. And mm. so for me, it's been, um, trying to let go of my, the identities that I had guarded. I am mm. this and trust God to say, I'll trust you with what you're doing. And you know what? You are working in this situation um, and I, I don't have to worry so much about what people think or what they say or their opinions of how we're working through this. I can just trust that the Lord knows. He knows my heart. He knows yeah. who I am and he's making me to be. Um, I just think those are some things uh, just as you were talking about, gosh, that's some things I've thought of too. Just that identity that we carry, mm -hmm. yeah. but we can trust him with that and, and go back to his word and who he says we are, mm -hmm. um, at the core of who we are and all of everything else. It's just it's just extra. It's just the yeah. extra stuff. And the, what matters is what he says about us and um, that he knows our mm -hmm. heart in this situation. So I am so glad that you brought that up because I have a lot of friends, my sister-in-law, she had to go back to work and that exact thing she felt when I would see her out, you know, I felt like she would try to over explain why she was working or what or why her situation looked the way it did. And I just had to keep reassuring her, listen, you don't have to explain this to me. There's no, there's no shame here. Like I get it. And I mean, I don't get it cause I'm not living it, but there's no judgment. And um, you, you are still the same person in Christ. And I think that's a real thing that needs to be talked about. That's why I'm so glad you brought that up. Mm -hmm. I do want to just kind of ask, um, you know, I think about my kids and if I was in a situation like this and I think about myself and I think about the emotional aspect of this, not just like the physical means of struggling with, you know, sleep and household chores. Those are things that yes, but I'm thinking like bitterness or mm. anger or resentment or just why, 
And, and what do you, how do you walk through that without it sinking too deep and taking root? Um, because that's, I think that's real, right? Like, I think even our kids would experience that. Like if we're not present as much or we're not who we used to be to them. And, um, I'm thinking how do, how do moms deal with that? Wow. That's a great question. And that's like, Oh, like soul cutting right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there, there's a couple of things going on there. I think, um, expectations. I think, um, just being honest with your kids. Um, I think also that bitterness, I think sometimes it takes root in me because I, you know, I, well, I'm a Martha, you know, Martha and Mary syndrome. I'm the, I have this strong sense of responsibility. And so sometimes I can get really frustrated and feel like I'm the martyr, you know, I'm doing all this, you know, I can easily swing that way. Mm -hmm. I think for me, it's, um, just really trying to make sure that I'm listening to the Lord. And when something sounds bitter, when it comes out of my mouth, (laughs) I need to check it quick because it's only going to get worse. It's only going to multiply. Um, I think making sure that I have some time, um, during the day where I can quiet my own heart and just check in with the Lord and just say, Lord, this is, and I think this is the truth. You can be totally honest. I mean, he knows anyway, but I think you're first honest with the Lord, Lord, I'm struggling. Like I feel anger or I feel tired. And especially if you're stretched, then those things are going to be quicker on the draw anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think when we see those things in our own heart, it's also easy to see them coming out in our kids because they're going to reflect what they see in us. And I think for me, um, I can see it in, in different ways. My girls are older in various stages of the teenage years, which are obviously have their own set of emotions to go as well, but just realizing that, you know, um, it's okay for them to have their feelings, um, try to not let it, you know, push me too hard, but also to be checking in with them and saying, Hey, what's going on. And I'm sorry, I couldn't do that for you. And I know, like, I do feel that strain of I'm the only one, (laughs) I'm the only mom here. So, um, there's Mm -hmm. times that that's hard, but you know, one of the other things too, I think as a release is just looking for other people that can invest in your kids as well. That's not a bad thing when they've got like yeah. a, we call them a backup mom. <laughs> right. All right. of my girls have special friends um, that their moms are dear to us and they get invited over and they get to hang out with them and always mm-hmm. say yes, you know, always say yes when, an, you know, there's, there's a great relationship like that happening as well. It doesn't always have to come from me, but I think sometimes we, that's one of the things we feel like we're losing and can cause us to be bitter or hurt or um, frustrated. But I think be honest with the Lord. Um, If you need to tell a friend, a trusted friend that you can be real with, hey, I'm really struggling. I'm I'm having some bitter, there's a bitter root. Man, if you don't dig that root out quick, it's going to embed and it's just going to get worse. So Mm -hmm. that's the things I would say. Yeah, that's a good word, Kate. Do you have any thoughts on that? I think that's a great word, you know, because bitterness, self-pity that I'm an, I'm an expert at self-pity. My husband calls it my favorite bad feeling and he's right. You know, it's the thing, it's the thing I quickly sink to and I have to really praise and worship my way out of that because that's a pit that'll suck you down in. So I I've learned that too, just dealing with anxiety and the, just the stupid stuff that I've dealt with over the last few years, nothing like having to go back to work. I mean, that's, that's a real issue for me. It's more just mental because mm-hmm. I probably am just kind of mental, but um, yeah, I think we have to, we have to quickly recognize it. Like you said, Stacy, get prayer quickly, get just, you know, even if you have those few friends that, Hey, I'm just going to send you an emoji. And when you get that emoji, just pray where they yeah. don't eat. You don't even have to explain it to them. I have a couple girls like that. I was like, just send me that blue heart or whatever. 
And yeah. I'll know right in that moment, I got to pray for you and lift you up. And, and that's that. good. Yeah. When the body of Christ can come around one another, when we can have trusted friends around us that will lift us up when it's tough, because it, mm -hmm. it gets tough. Even when, even when life is going along great, Jesus was very clear. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. It's not, yeah. you yeah. might, if, you know, and if you're a really good Christian, you won't. No, we're all going to face something, whether it's what you're dealing with or whatever it's, it can be, but it, we're all going to deal with it. So we may as well figure out what do I do when this thing comes on me or when it's, it, it could be yeah. an attack from the enemy. I don't know. I think for me, a lot of times it's just laziness that I just need to press through, you know, and just really take that time to praise and worship. Maybe I didn't read my Bible that day or didn't have that time with the Lord. So mm -hmm. all those things can be helpful for me. Mm -hmm. You know, before we go any further, I just want to remind our listeners that we did a trilogy on this podcast on working moms, because there's a lot of different aspects of moms that work. Mm -hmm. Some choose to work because they want to, some mm -hmm go to work because they have to, and some don't want to work. And there's a lot of different angles that this podcast could have taken. So if you're listening today and you have chosen to work and you haven't listened to our other podcast episodes, I'd encourage you to listen to those and this trilogy, because what we're saying is not that going to work is so horrible that you have to find, um, a way to feel better about it. I think what mm. we're talking about today is very specific. And that is that, these um, places in our lives that come up unexpectedly, we've already formed a life in a different area and direction. We've already had um, invested in being at home and then our life has taken a turn. And that's the angle we're coming from today. I just want to remind you if you're a working mom and you're listening, you know, maybe this could be an encouragement to you to look around the workplace and think maybe not everyone I'm working with wants to be here. Maybe not everyone expected to be here. So we encourage you to listen back to um, the other podcast episodes as we approach this topic from different angles. But I do want to kind of talk about something fun because with any turn that we take in our life, whether it's working or um, having a new baby or, you know, whatever it is that we as women do, an adventure, I think we learn something new about ourselves. You know, and I kind of want to hear from you, Stacey, because um, I'm guessing that you've learned some things about yourself or discovered from going back to work. And I'm guessing some of them are fun and some aren't. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said at the top of the show, a lot of things have changed, you know, since I was actually in the real work outside the home force of people. Um, I think I've learned um, that I, how do I say this? Um, I think sometimes when you're you're buried in children at home, you start to feel like you're not a real person. <laughs> you know, you feel less than. You might feel like um, all you read is like you know board books, or you know, I talk right. to babies yep. and I you know make mushed up food. Like you can start to feel like you don't have anything to contribute to a conversation that would be smart mm -hmm. or funny. You know, so I think I've found myself in a couple situations that I've was pulled into for some, um, some consulting work. Um, and I heard myself saying things that were actually smart. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I do have something to give you, you know, um, I think, and those are all stories we tell ourselves. I mean, obviously raising kids is the hardest. It's so hard. I mean, so hard, but I think when, when you walk into a room full of people that, um, do that every day and you kind of feel like, 
what am I doing here? So yeah. I think that's been kind of fun and, and to have people listen and affirm that, you know, I have something to contribute. So that's been good. I mm-hmm. think also one of the things that's been really fun is I've met some great people, like just really fascinating people. Um, uh, so in the spirit of doing whatever I could do, um, there have been some like just temporary jobs that have come my way. And one of the jobs I was pulled into, you know, I live in Orlando, Florida. So we have a lot of tourists and we have a lot of um, conventions and stuff that come along. And I was offered a position with a, with a tr- uh, transportation company to work. Basically, I told my girls I was tour guide Barbie. And so I worked on the bus <laughs> with people that were touring around Orlando. I learned a lot about my city, by the way. Wow. It was very fascinating. But I worked um, on this bus for this transportation company. And I'll tell you what, my the best part was the bus drivers. I made friends with the bus drivers and had, I just love people. And so like, I never would have met these men and they were so fascinating. They had stories that were so beautiful. I, I like cried with these men. Like they were so fun. And I remember going into that week feeling like, I can't believe I'm doing this. This is like, it's demeaning in some ways, you know, it just kind of felt like, you know, I was just like, I'll do whatever. And it paid really well, which was surprising. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were very kind. Um, but I, I have met some amazing people that I never would have met before and just was really blessed by that interaction. So there's a couple of things I thought of. That, that is good. I like that. You know, when I started speaking and traveling, I learned a lot about myself, you know, about who I am and what I like and what I don't like things that I never really paid attention to or, um, thought about before I started doing this new thing and, um, what I'm comfortable in wearing and how I travel and what I, how I don't travel well. And I just remember thinking, boy, there's so much about myself yet to be learned. Yeah. And I'm guessing that moms who enter the workforce after a long period of time of not being in it, discover those things about themselves. And some of those things can be really positive, yeah. um, you know, and enlightening. And, um, so I'm always just curious when I ask that question, um, you know, what women have to say about that, you know, and so, um, so tell us just a few things that you would share with the women listening today. You know, if there's just maybe one thing you could tell them, um, if they are in, um, this season of life. I think, um, one of the things that I've consistently done, uh, really in the past few months is I've just, I've just had this position where I've opened my hands. I've just, I'll just sit down usually on the floor, usually in the bathroom. We also, <laughs> I say that a lot, but it's funny because we have a lot, you know, big family and um, we have moved a couple of times in the past year. And so my personal space has shrunk. <laughs> so I keep mm. talking about the bathroom. Don't feel sorry for me. It's quiet in there. It's fine. <laughs> so, so I found myself very low, you know, on the bathroom floor because it's quiet. And um, I've just literally um, sat with the Lord with my hands open. And I've just said, okay, Lord, whatever you want to place in my hands, I'll just receive it. And I, I, people have offered the strangest things to us. Um, and I have, you know, within reason not said no. And that's humbling. Like it's, it's a humbling thing to sit with your hands open because that says you have a need. And so I sat with my hands open so many times and I've said, Lord, just whatever you want to put there, just put Mm -hmm. in my hands and I will receive it and I will be grateful and I will bring, I will give you glory for it. And the other thing that I've realized more recently is that also opening your hands means you have to release. 
And that's probably mm. what I haven't done a really good job of because I've kind of had one hand open, but I've also been holding very tightly to things I wanted to still hold on to. And so what I've done lately is I've realized that I have to surrender. It's not just receiving from the Lord because that's humbling, but it's also humbling to let go. And some of the things that I have called um, things that are important or things that are define me or things that I feel like I cannot do without or I want to just keep hold of, God has asked me, do you trust me with that? And do you trust me if I take that to put something else there that is is even better or as good or is what you need right now? And so I don't know. I, I just I just want to encourage the woman who is in a place where she's being pulled in more than one direction, whether she's working or not wanting to work or not wanting to be home, whichever, is that there's this there's this, I guess, dichotomy where you have to receive, but you also have to let go at the same time. And so that's just been something on my heart, even this week, as the Lord has been um, trying to pull through that thread of joy, is that part of getting to joy is surrendering what you think you needed and trusting mm -hmm. him to put there what is best for you. It's mm -hmm. actually the better. It's not even just best. It's better than best. Um, yeah. And that he, he always has the right answer. And sometimes he takes his time. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. But it's okay. Cause in those days, um, he is, he's making it all good and that's what I'm holding on to. I think that's a beautiful way to wrap up our podcast today. Um, you know, and Stacey, I just, we just want you to know here at mom to mom podcast that you, you give life and encouragement and hope through God's word to so many women that are listening, but to us personally on a personal level, um, because change isn't easy for, for anyone. And you've not only entered the workforce, um, full throttle, you've moved, you've gone through crisis. And even as today we are interviewing you, you have a smile and you have joy and it's not pretend it's very real. And we just want to thank you for being our guest today. So maybe we can close. You can share with our listeners where they can find you, how to connect, um, more with you and maybe share a little bit about your upcoming book. Some of my favorite things to talk about. I love connecting with people. Part of why I'm smiling is because I love you guys so much. I'm like, oh, some of my favorite people. I get to actually see your face. Um, so I am um, online, stacybacker.com. That's really the easiest place to find me. But I love Instagram at Stacy Backer. I'm also on Twitter at Stacy Backer. I still love a Twitter chat. I still enjoy that from time to time. Mm -hmm. um, and then on Facebook, official Stacy Backer. Um, and those are kind of usually my home bases. Um, my new book, which is coming out kind of in the season of um, brokenness and hard places, is the Lord has um, pulled out another book. Um, and it is coming out in October. It's called Threadbare Prayer. Mm -hmm. It's 100 prayers to pray when you feel hidden, hurt, or hopeless. Mm. Mm. Perfect. That sounds amazing. Yes. Wow. We're going to see what the Lord does with that. So, um, I, it, he, um, he's written it. That's for sure. It wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, yeah. and you can only write a book like that when you've walked through it, you know? So for the people that will read it, they're going to know this is, this is someone who's really walked these, walked these things. She knows what she's talking about. So that's going to be powerful. Wow. I'm excited. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, Stacey. You know, if there's anything we can take away from today's episode and I think it's grace, you know, grace mm -hmm. to those in life situations that we don't understand or we've had to face. And isn't that our job as women to live in grace mm -hmm. and humility? You know, the Working Mom Trilogy has been eye-opening and informative to us. And we hope that as you listen, you will remember 
that your work of worth is truly found in Christ Jesus. And regardless of where he is taking you, he is the best answer to finding hope in the days that bring the unexpected. Mm -hmm. Stacy is a living testimony of walking in trust and persevering when working and balancing the unexpected has brought her to a place of reliance on her savior in every way. And we know her story today has encouraged you. It has encouraged us. And we pray that if you're finding yourself in a place of unexpected change, juggling to work at home and outside the home, or have found that the working mom episodes have spoken to you, we would love to hear from you. Write us a note, find us on Instagram and share your story or allow us to pray with you. And we would be honored. So thank you so much for Stacy um, joining us today. And we have all been so blessed. We will be sure to link Stacy's um, connecting points and her new book coming up in our show notes at momtomompodcast.com. And we will um, hope that we can find you on Instagram and leave us a note so we can connect with you.